They're the world's greatest martial artists competing for the ultimate prize. Olympus. The Machine. Superstar. Red Dragon. Great Wolf. Tiger Claw. Panther. Tsunami. Star Wars. Turbo. Their quest, reach full Dragon Belt, then go for the Dragon Star itself. The World Martial Arts Council presents WMAC Masters. Tippy Tap 44. 44, the Obama episode. Usually we like to give a little space between our tippy taps, but this one had to be released today. Hot off the presses. It it, it coincides. It melds so well with Street Fighter. It gives us Street Fighter... Gives us what Street Fighter didn't give us, which is street fighting. Wouldn't that be fucking cool as shit? Joe Coleman, if Joe Coleman were here, I'm summoning him. He in is. The he just world. refuses to talk. Yeah, that's it. Uh, this is a great format for Street Fighter. Yeah. I mean, you have the combatants. You have a goal. They clearly state You have the goals. fighting. You have background uh, interactions. You have power bars. You have power bars, for fuck's sakes. Griff. You unearthed this relic from your childhood past. I was not aware of it all because I was 21 when this show did. <laughs> this is a what, like Saturday morning show or something? I believe 100%. You didn't understand that I actually watched this show growing up. You thought I just found it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. No, this is actually one of those things. I believe this was uh, Channel 6. So there's UPN on Channel 5 because these are antenna days we're talking here. And then I believe Channel 6 was WBS or whatever. And so... Just uh, WB. WB. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Uh, and I believe it played on that station on Saturday mornings. Okay. Uh, maybe around 10, 10.30 a.m. Holy shit, this show blew my mind. I yeah. Was, I, I watched all the ninja shit growing up. I watched all the martial arts shit. I used to try to do roundhouses. I explained at 7 o'clock. I didn't know if I was into women or men or what I was into. <laughs> I just knew I was Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's it. So Jean-Claude Van Damme has confused a lot of people's sexuality. Right. Well, he didn't confuse it. He shot me straight, literally, as a straight male. But it was just... See, I, I don't know what it was. I just wanted to be young. Yeah, this show is completely retarded. Um, I was shocked this show came out in the 90s. It has a very 80s vibe. There's a real sincerity to it. But in the 90s, everything got ironic and, you know. Why did you call this sh- show camera. stupid, though? It, it, it is stupid, but I totally would have watched it as a kid. Okay. I mean, like, I would have. I would have been totally into Power Rangers. Because yeah. I watched Ultraman and Johnny Sacco and his flying robot. But, okay. I mean, now, I mean, when it came out, it's like, Power Rangers is garbage I'll because I was an know. adult. I was in, like, kindergarten when uh, Power Rangers came out, maybe first grade. So I was, like, six or seven. Uh, I watched the first three episodes and said, no thanks. Wow. Uh, I did Too come, good for it. I came back when the Green Ranger, I heard about him. I heard he was evil because this is one of the connections we have. We like our villains. Yeah. And when the Green Ranger came in... He was a ranger. He looked like a ranger, but he was evil, and I was intrigued Did by that. Did you, like our friend Sean Pigeon, cry when he died? Uh, no. I didn't okay. give a shit anymore. Sean, I, was, Sean was actually 15 when that happened, by yeah. the way. <laughs> My run with uh, the Power Rangers lasted maybe seven episodes. Okay. So, But this show, on the other hand, this felt real to me. They, was, they kept kayfabe on this show. They kept kayfabe on this show. They did such a good job of taking it sincerely, which is, a, like you said, 
something completely lacking nowadays. Yeah, we get a bunch of people playing fictionalized versions of themselves. All these characters, characters in quotation marks, are real-life martial artists. Not, I mean, we get a couple people from our past, from Shoot Fighter. Yeah. We get uh, Mike Bernardo, who played uh, Nick in Shoot Fighter. He He looks like... If you got a picture of Seagal and you put Silly Putty on it and you pulled it off and you scrunched it, that's what you would get. Do you, you remember Silly Putty? Like, yeah, yeah, did you yeah. do that with the comics? Oh, hell yeah. Newspaper. All I want to say is to anyone under 30, fuck you, because that was our entertainment. And it's like, it's like, it's so not fun, but like, we did it. Like, we just, all we're doing is transferring a fucking comic strip onto a fucking piece of putty and then we just stretch it how is that fun but we did it it's interesting it is interesting it's, no it's not it's i wouldn't remote. say it's fun, it's like but it's, it's like um your your lady friend was at a kite festival last week yes. i was just thinking about that yeah that's what passed for fun when i was a child it's a, a piece of paper and two sticks oh, oh. and you got a string and you're just putting it out oh. in the air and you're staring at it. And we, you know, Griff, every March we couldn't wait because, you know, March comes in like a lion, Griff. Yeah. So it's very windy. Windy. So my mom would take us to uh, like a uh, drugstore, Perry Drugs. And Perry, you get, yeah. you pick out your, your kite for the year. And you just stare at a fucking piece of paper <laughs> flying in the, See how high you could get it? And then you just sit there and stared at it. That was fun before the internet. What what replaced that in your heart, do you think? Nothing. <laughs> so you just have a kite-sized hole in your heart. Right yeah, now. that's among other things. Oh. Um, yeah, so that's Mike Bernardo. He is... Wait, Seagal, what's no, if, I'm saying if Mike Bernardo was was Seagal after he took those drugs that William Hurt took in Altered State where he made <laughs> him into a caveman, that's Mike Bernardo. And we also get, uh, I don't know, I was, just, I was actually talking to my, my good, warm, close personal friend Paul London about this show the other day. Yeah, you'll have to hear more of yeah. uh, this week's Space Mutiny episode to understand yeah. your connection with friends and how that yeah, works. Yeah, and he, I, he's like, of course I knew this show. And he was naming names because he mentioned another guy who was in Shoot Fighter who just played a minor character. Hakeem uh, Alston, I think. Alston. Alston, yeah, I believe that was it. He is also on this show. And then there was a guy, I don't know any of these fuckers' names, who played Scorp- Scorpion or Scorpio? Scorp- yeah. Scorpion uh, from Mortal Kombat. It's like Hosu or something? Something like that? So, yeah, there's some legit like stuntman martial artist guys on this show. These aren't just actors playing at it. Right. I think, I think this is a really fucking cool avenue to get you know kids interested, kung fu shit, uh, it's kung fu meets the, pro wrestling. Right, you get these guys a job and everything. I think it's a good. I think it was a good avenue. I mean, obviously, it is a kid show. Yeah, so it was. Can, it was filmed at Universal Studios, Studios. and, and they had, make sure you know. And it, yes, it has that very much that vibe. Like if you were at Universal Studios, you probably watched this show but being made. I wanna. I I don't know if I brought this up on our last episode or any episode we were talking about the tippy taps because. I was really thinking that when I showed you this, being you and your want of having your own fight ring, yeah. Think about all the environments we traverse. I mean, there's some there's some interesting ideas here. There's a lot of battle zones in yes. this movie, a movie TV show, I should say. You didn't the like the show any last? Uh, no, there was some interesting things. I like my favorite was the nuclear nightmare. <laughs> nuclear nightmare. Zone. Um. Yeah, this, sh- this show, 
the premise is okay. It's World Martial Arts Council. That's what W Mac. Oh, okay. Thank you. And, I should have looked that up. I didn't. And uh, yeah, I put a lot of info in there. Like, Thank so, you. And we have our cast of characters are Turbo, played by Nick from Shoot Fighter. Okay. We get Red Dragon. We who and I love it. Racial stereotypes galore. Oh, I, I big can time. just and you know, these people stand out. I remember them on very on uh, Bloodsport too, which I everyone is blended in or uh, forced to kill. Forced to kill. Everyone looked the same. Yes. Everyone looked distinct. They all had their racial stereotypes. I loved it. I remembered these people. We had Great Wolf, who was the Native American. We had Superstar Asian, the Machine, fucking Akeem Alston, yep. Tiger Claw, guy in Tiger Stripe Zubas. Yeah, that was. You would think Tiger Claw would be. Another Asian guy. Indian. Indian. That would have been better. But no, it's just some white guy in Zubaz. Yeah. Panther. Black dude with a crudely scrawled uh, panther paw tattoo. Yeah, and I think he had, like, cat eyes, I don't know. I didn't notice it. I think he had Tsunami, Star Warrior, and Olympus. Tsunami is the comedic relief. Now, I I know the Marvel... Because he doesn't get laid? Yes. I know the Marvel writers are listening to this right now and going, wait. One comic relief? Unheard of. All these characters should be silly, but they're not. The backstory is I, I don't know the backstory. There was a, <laughs> there was this, it was two it lasted two seasons. The second season they changed it up. This one is just a straight fighting like it's like wrestling. It's, it's introducing you to it. It's starting you slow. The second season we got a uh, kind of the Cobra um, enemy type. They're called Kai? What are you? Cobra, like G.I. Joe. We have villains. Oh, okay. A villain or an evil organization that stands against everything that the Code of the Dragon Star. Okay. Doesn't. And that's the world we're in now, the Code of the Dragon Star. Right. We're learning about the world of WMAC. Right. Because they are fighting. There's supposed to be like 10 combatants, and they each have their own emblem. Yeah. And the people have belts. Yeah, there's a championship Not straps, belt. Yeah. Belts. Yeah. They each have their own, and as they beat the other people, they get their emblem. Pokemon, yeah. hello, I know you saw this and said, oh, we're going to do because this is the Pokemon thing. As you beat the gym leaders, you get their badges. As you beat the other uh, Waymac champions, you get their emblem into your belt, and you have to get 10, and then you get to challenge the superstar. Or, like, we can't the even champion. say superstar. The, the champion. champion, yeah. Yeah. The code of the dragon, but it's a very honorable code. Code of the dragon stars honor, respect, courage, loyalty, forgiveness, wisdom, compassion, and of course, shrimping. <laughs> God damn it! So yeah, even even these guys love to suck on some toes. Just, crustaceans just fucking creep into everything, man. So it's the they they treat it like a sport. It has a host played by Shannon Lee, daughter of the great Bruce Lee. Not kayfabe, or rather kayfabe, and completely wait, not kayfabe because she's playing herself. She's playing herself, yeah. a variation of herself, uh, sister of Brandon Lee. I think I he was dead by this time. I think he died like in ninety four. Yeah, probably dead at this point. So R.I.P. R.I.P. Brandon. Um, he yeah. would have been on the show otherwise. He probably would have been the champion. He probably would have had her job. He probably been. I'm like, just saying she might have had him killed. Who do you think he would select to be like this guy's got the biggest dick I've ever seen in one Mac championship? I'd have to see more episodes. 
Okay, <laughs> that's right. We ha- we haven't really seen many shower scenes yet. Yeah, we do, we're gonna do two episodes today because they're half hour episodes. I thought it was gonna be an hour long show, but it's oh like, no, it's a half hour Very show. Quick. Well, kids have tiny brains. That's true. So, so we're doing episode one and episode five. They're both available on YouTube if you want to watch it. Watch along. Oh, with everybody! Us. All both seasons are available online. And I know when we cover this, you're like, "This is a show. I need to see this. You do need to see this." Watch it Sunday morning along with the podcast that's coming out. Yeah, watch Sunday along. Morning. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Because I think you'll feel a little educated because this show is for the kids. Right. So it has to be educational. So we have a message at the end of every episode. And we'll go ahead and play that audio for you because neither of us can speak to kids. We no. can't do it justice. Kids. What are they good for? Absolutely nothing. Um, again. I will point out that in at least in the two episodes we saw, there's a strict formula to it. Yeah. Two preliminary matches, and then... Uh, A.K.A. A, jobber matches. Yeah, they're kind of jobber matches. They work jobbers into it, but it's like two of the main champions fighting each other, and then uh, the two winners of said preliminaries fight each other at the end in the Energy Dome. So yeah. that's, I thought it was the Battle Dome. It's the Battle Dome. That's what it's called. Or is yeah. it the Battle Zone? It might be the I Battle think it's, Dome. No, it's the Battle Dome. It is the Battle Dome. Yeah, you're right. So we open up at the WMAC HQ, which is a huge Buddhist temple. Yes. As it should be. Yep. And we meet Great Wolf, the Native American, and Tsunami, the Asian American. I don't know. Right. He might be Asian-Asian. I don't know. They're just doing so- Okay, so we, we have- like, Constantly practicing because they're fighting constantly. They have like an MTV lounge room slash training area. Slash dojo, yeah. Yeah, because there's, there's like punching bags and speed bags and like sparring shit everywhere. But then there's also couches with yeah, like- TVs, yeah. TVs and stuff. Lounge area. Yeah, exactly. And so we have um, Tsunami and Great Wolf, and they're just kind of doing some practicing together. Because, well, they all want to be the champion. They're, they're all our baby faces. So they're exercising their body and their mind. Exactly. Because while they're fighting with each other, we're learning a little bit about the Cherokee language. Mm-hmm. Great Wolf is telling Tsunami how to say his name, Great Wolf, in Cherokee. Yeah, that's right. And while that's going on, we meet Akeem the Machine. Alston happens to be walking by because is it Tsunami who's just like really like nosy wants to know everyone's origin of their nicknames for again some he's the comic relief he's always loosey goosey he's always asking really intrusive questions you know he's not respecting any boundaries he does not respect boundaries and he's like Keem why do they call you the machine well you're about to find out and then is that up next Akeem and his prelim match we get a little and this is where it's like this is what Street Fighter the movie should have been. This is a fucking live action video game. Yeah. Because we get the little like thing like when you when you're in a video game and you can pick what character you want to be. Yeah. We you get see the, their stats and everything. Right. So we get the stats on Akeem. We, we learn- get to see them doing some signature moves like in a fucking horrible like graphic and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It was it's we good. learned their fighting style. It was, sorry, Griff. It was his was uh, kickboxing. It was not. Oh, kung, it was kung, not it kung was fu. Kickboxing. Well, it's either kickboxing or kung fu. So I feel like 50-50 shot. And we learned. We see Great Wolf, and we learned he he practices the Native American art of karate. Of course. And so Shannon Lee, she's explaining the objective. We we, we already explained about the belts and about the little emblems they got to win. Uh, she she's explaining about how they. Are going into a special battle zone. Battle zone, yeah. 
And they are going to have to fight. Just, just like a universal lot, whatever. Like yeah. you know, they have a Western lot, and they yeah. have. You know, oh yeah, the battles on Mayberry, all, whatever. Uh, yeah, and so they have to battle off jobbers. And then, excuse me, Kabuki warriors. Oh, Kabuki warrior jobbers. Excuse yeah, they me. They wear ninja suits and Kabuki masks. Yeah, and so what they have to do is to. By the way, these Kabuki warriors. They are training to become what our our masters have already achieved. Right, so, exactly. Yeah. They're trying to get up into that upper echelon, but right now right. they're in the lower tier, so they just have to go in as mass hooligans, or excuse me, Kabuki. Kabukians. Um, and their job is get thrashed, like jobbers do. and Make the guys look good. Make the talent look good. Exactly. And it, sometimes they end up, because unlike movies where everybody goes one at a time, these jobbers actually attack two, three, four at a time. And so this is where you see the graphic on the side of your screen, and Shannon Lee explains it so well. As they get hit, their power bars go down. Yes. And once their power bar hits zero, once you take too many hits, you lose. Right. So they have like 12 dashes, and every time they get hit, it goes down one, like a video game. Which yeah. is what Street Fighter should have been. Right. It would have been better that way. So we're in the Stone Valley Battle Zone. I don't even remember what this one looks like. I don't like. remember either. <laughs> All I know is they start fighting. Yeah. And they are, I, I got this from day one. They are pushing Hakeem big time. Yeah. Like, they are selling the shit out of him. He's he's too cool for school. He won't tell anybody how he ended up with the machine as a nickname or anything. Right. So I was like, okay, he's the badass. Because he they show him sometimes as a cyborg, but he never fights as a cyborg. This looked like an Asian, like, pond situation. Like, it, you saw the paper doors in the background. Then there's, like, koi ponds and little bridges and shit. That's okay. what this little fighting. I don't fighting, remember. So, okay. That's fine. That's what this little fighting arena was. So it's just, I don't, there's no way we can explain it. It's just back and forth. It's just. It, it, you're getting cuts of them doing moves and. They're choreographed fighting. Right. You got Shannon Lee, like, being a very good commentator, I would say. She's no, she's no Excalibur, no. that's for sure. She didn't know any Japanese moves. Exactly. But we're watching them. We're seeing them do roundhouses. We're seeing them deliver elbows. It's, it's all the good action you'd expect. But like Griff said, Hakeem is getting the push. Yeah. So he comes out the victor. Right. He's taking everybody out without taking a single hit of damage. Meanwhile, we got Wolf taking like two or three hits before the two even get to each other. And that means that uh, Hakeem's got a big advantage when they finally lock up here. And that's it. He just wins. I don't. I mean, it's like I said, it's just back and forth. I yeah. don't know. There's no way you can explain well, it. Well, yeah, Wolf gets in uh, a roundhouse. So he does get in one move on uh, uh, Hakeem, but... I mean, really, it's just flurries of punches and kicks. Like I mean, like martial arts. There's no... Like, like wrestling has a, a number of different moves. This is just kicking, punching. Yeah, exactly. And camera angles. Not a lot of quick cuts, thankfully, but... No. Well, these guys actually know what they're doing. These are martial artists. Right. But, you know, Hakeem obviously takes the W... And, you know, Murray did some uh, extra research because he was really fascinated by this show. And yeah. he did learn that Wolf is kind of a bastard man. Really? I wanted to cheer for Wolf, but you're telling me he stole Tiger Claw's move. Oh, yeah. There is an episode, episode four, I believe, which we didn't, we're not doing. Yeah. Where uh, the lesson learned was uh, forgiveness. But what happened was uh, Tiger Claw, who we'll see in our episode Fifth five, episode, yeah. he had a move. And Great Wolf said, man, that was an awesome move. Can you teach it to me? He's like, I will teach it to you because you're my friend. But 
but you can never <laughs> use it on me in a match. And, of course, Grey Wolf goes, of course, I never would. First match they have, he uses it on Tiger Claw. I'm sorry to use this phrase. Wait, no, that would be the reverse. I was got to call him a Native American giver. Mm. So uh, Tiger Claw is obviously hurt by that. And uh, he goes, but the Great Wolf feels kind of, kind of, kind of kind guilty of about it. So he's like, "Oh man, I would never ever do that to you. I swear." They fight again, and he does it again. <laughs> does it again. But this time, Tiger Claw is prepared because he found a counter move, and he stops it. What the fuck lesson is that? Like, just fuck your friends over? How is nobody? No, tr- no. The lesson is trust no one. Yeah. Trust no one. Right. Everybody right now is like, I need to watch this whole fucking series because that is that is some top level intrigue. That's Game of Thrones level. George R. R. M- Wait, what is it? The Russo brothers or whatever, or who are the guys who wrote the terrible episodes of Game of Thrones? I don't know. Oh, D and D. I think is yeah. I think it's D and D is something. But yeah, you guys should have been going to W Mac Championship writers. So Akeem, he's going on to the final fight later on. Yeah. And, of course, he gets back to that training room slash MTV lounge. Everybody, real world styles, like, powwowing in, in a circle in the, the conversation. Keep, keep, keep the dream. Keep the dream. Keep the dream. Yeah. Hey, they're all in the conversation. I don't know pit. why I say the Keem the Dream because his nickname's The Machine. They didn't even know it. <laughs> keep the Dream Elijah. Think, yeah, I'm thinking of Keem Elijah. Murray, Murray yeah. at the same time this show was on, just because you said that, I will have you know I bought Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon shoes. And I would not wear them because I did not want to get them dirty. You had like the poor man's Jordans. Yes, I 100% did. I didn't know who Hakeem Olajuwon was, but I had his shoes and I was so proud of them. So the next uh, bout, which would take place in Doom City Battlezone, Red Dragon, who is a karate master, and Superstar, who is a kung fu master. So they fight some ninjas. Yep, they we're squ- doing the power bars. They squash them. Yep. Now they, they both like squash them no problem. Yeah. Like we don't even see one of them get hit once. They they just handle them. So now it's down to Red Dragon versus Superstar. Yep. Superstar, he's ahead on the power. He got through the ninjas easier. Yeah. And he ultimately wins the match. Yeah. Uh, there's just kicking and fighting. There's no real good way to explain this. Yeah. It's not like a big drawn out thing. It's just these are kind of even guys. And today it's a coin flip, if you will, because these guys are so equal or close to. If you have five matches, it'll probably be a three and two victory. Back to the dojo. They're still talking about their names. Now we're finally because this is the first episode. They're, we're we're kind of just thrown in because apparently. According to this show, this has been going on for a while. We already Nick, uh, not Nick, uh, Mike, Mike Jackson? Turbo Bernardo. He is the champion right now. Okay, we're not even like because normally you'd be like we'd have a tournament to see who becomes the first champion. Right, he is. They've already established he is the champion. Please tell me his name again. Mike Turbo Bernardo. <laughs> That's a good name. I really like that name. It makes me feel like sandwiches. So we're learning all about because unlike uh, Hakeem, everyone. There's no secrets in the dojo. Everyone's telling everybody their nickname origins. Well, again, this is like got a MTV house rule. Wait, what was that show? Real, real World? Real World. It's got a real world vibe where it's like 
you guys have to confess your deepest, darkest secrets to the house in order for good ratings. Or your nickname origins. Or your nickname Olympus origins. reveals he competed in the 92 Olympics. Of course. Yin-yang man... Just like to draw yin yang symbols. That was literally it. They just show a guy like a like a mental patient drawing yin yang symbols. Oh my god! I didn't. I'm so glad you got all these notes in there. Thank you so much for for contributing. And the so creepiest much. of all, baby, baby doll, doll got it from her dad. Oh, that's rough. That yeah. is not a good one. And tsunami. He we they point out. Hey, that's Japanese for sword, right? Who? No, it's for Tidal Wave. I don't know who brought that up, but that was killing me when they were like, Tsunami, that's Japanese for sword. No, 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 that's Japanese for Tidal Wave. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Finally, Hakeem decides to tell his... This dark secret of his his name. Can we point out the awful acting? Like, Akeem was literally just reading off a piece of paper. It was like no emotion at all. I will finally... He was like, (laughs) tell you the origin of the machine. He's like doing Shatner-like style. I have watched so much AEW wrestling that this is good. This is good. (laughs) Think about Jungle Boy trying to do this. I actually believe a little of Hakeem, because this is probably some part of his journey. I... I was in my dojo, training. My master introduced me to a man named Steve. We began sparring, but this was real competition. And I lost my cool. I snapped. Had to prove I was better than him. And so he beats him. I think he cheated, did he? No, he didn't cheat. It's just so it was supposed to be a sparring, you know? But even to even to Hakeem at this time, it was no, this is life or death. And so you see him Blood sport. He's always wearing that hat, too, when he's training. The do-rag? Yeah. yeah. No, it was a hat, wasn't was it? That? I don't know. He's, I'm, I'm just thinking of him in shoot fighter. There was a bill, do. so he had a hat on. Oh, yeah, he did have a hat Yeah. On. So he gets punched. Because he was so cocky, he thought he could fight somebody with a hat on. He didn't even turn it backwards. No. Or maybe he was wait. Well, no, because he engages and he doesn't turn it backwards. Because I thought maybe over the top might be happening here. No, so anyways, he gets that punch where he turns his face towards the camera and that was him kind of turning it on where he's like, I cannot even lose a sparring match. Like, right. there's no learning here. There's only victory. He's right. very Cobra Kai. Very Cobra. That night, we met again for a real fight. I took off my gloves. I was going to play for keeps. But Steve has his, uh, some tricks up his sleeve as well, his, right. his Steve sleeve. Right. Steve was, Steve was fighting the pr- earlier in the day clean. So Hakeem actually got some punches in because Steve was just like, I'm not going all out. Steve swept the leg. He Cobra Kai'd the Cobra. Fuck yeah, he did. He got him good, too. Snapping Hakeem's leg. And then we see see him in in a hospital with a cast on. I snapped. I should have never lost my cool. Black belts never lose their cool. We see the recovery montage in where is he? Of course, he's in nature. He's learning. Was this not the perfect montage? I disgraced my master. I needed closure. So now he's finally healed. He returns back to the dojo. And we see he go. He runs up on Steve. We're like, holy, she looks pissed. Like, he's ready for revenge. Yeah, Steve has just, like, finished off a competition or something. He's going at the punching bag. 
and the his master is explaining there's master no, doe yeah master doe there's nobody left to fight you you've beaten everybody or something and that's when hakeem walks back in right uh steve i believe i have something for you and you're thinking that He's going to get his revenge here. Well, he punches the punching bag and it explodes. He kicks it. It explodes. Yeah. And we're like, he's going to murder Steve. And just as he's about to, he throws his hand out and apologizes. Yep. And said, I lost my cool. I should never have done that. And we cut back to the MTV Real World Lounge where it just so happens that uh, Great Wolf fully engaged in this conversation. And then Hakeem throws a fist, because why use this? And then him and Great Wolf embrace in like a forearm handshake thing, when you can use this. Diplomacy. Parlay. Put your differences aside. Realize everyone's fighting for the same We still don't learn why he's called a machine, did we? Uh, He explains during this whole fucking thing that what he had to do was to make his – his brain was broken. And he was a hot. He had to be reprogrammed. So we had to reprogram himself to not get over that level. So that's where the machine came in. I had to turn myself into a machine of discipline. And Tsunami points out, machine, it's not just a nickname. It's your way of life. That's right. Well, that's going on Red Dragon, the challenger to Hakeem, and the Battle Dome fight walks in. And he's like, you're going to need your best to beat uh, Superstar. And then you get a nice little line here about Tsunami. He's like agreeing along with... I totally forgot that Superstar won. <laughs> I thought it was Red Dragon one. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, yeah, we get a whole like uh, scene there where... Uh, scene. A moment there where uh, Red Dragon brings that up and Tsunami, again, a comic relief. He's just like, shit, do you really think he exploded that bag? And everybody just puts a hand to their chin. It's like, hmm, I wander together. Now we're in the battle dome, Griff. They're lowering it down. We see Mike Turbo Bernardo sitting on a throne because he's a champ overlooking. Did you like that look? That's where I'm going to be and my That's you? Thing. Okay. Yeah, of course. I like it. That's very Thunderdome. Yes, I'm going to be dressed like Martin Coe from Shoot Fighter with my tuxedo <laughs> and my flowing Oh, you're mullet. going tuxedo? I thought you were yeah. going bare chest, pink sweater. <laughs> no. No. Tina, is, are, I told you this is classy. This isn't uh, fucking forced to kill. Bone oh, bullshit. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was going right. to ask if Tina Turner was. This be there is also unlike AW. They explain the rules every fucking episode, so we know they don't yeah. treat us like we we're like we didn't have the internet in '96. We we looked this shit up. Yeah. So they tell us the rules every episode. I fucking hate that about AW and you AW fans. Oh, just go look it up on Twitter. Fuck you. You have two hours on TV. Do what this show did. Explain the fucking match in three sentences. Okay, the, this is the match. There's sensors on this cage. The object is to push your opponent into the cage. That's where you get points. That's where you get points. If, if And then it's a two-minute fight. Whoever has the most points obviously wins. If there's tied, there's sudden death. That's it? Wow. Very difficult. So we start off... Uh, Akeem, I think Superstar's fucking taking it to Akeem. No, Akeem actually takes a quick lead. Oh. Uh, well, come on. Superstar is 5'8". Hakeem is 6'2", 240. 
So, of course, he's got the reach on him. You're expecting him, because of his size, he's going to be able to get a quick lead. And sure enough, he does. I think he hits him with that same uh, jumping roundhouse type thing that he exploded the bag with. I think he glancing blows uh, Superstar with one of those, and it pushes him back into the cage. Now, there are some platforms that that do not have sensors on that Shannon points out to us. Does that happen in the first episode or the fifth this one? This is the first episode. Okay. Because I remember Hakeem grabs the platform, the yep. bomb platform, and then kicks at Superstar. Yeah, because uh, Superstar sh- uh, evens up the score shortly after, and you see Hakeem start like jumping on the platform, and he's using it to like do some intense kicks and everything. Uh, and then Shannon, of course, has to explain that with one sentence. That's all it takes. So there's 20 seconds left, and Superstar's down by a point, but he, he finally evens it up with a kick. Oh, yeah. And this is a nail-biter. I'm sure, Murray, you were on the edge of your I game. was expecting, because this is AEW booking, I was expecting, because I've seen so much of it, that it would all they would all end with a tie and sudden death. Mm-hmm. No! Superstar gets another quick point, like, like two seconds left. Yeah. Wins the match. Yeah. Akeem, no longer the dream. He's just a busted-down machine. That's right. And we get a nice little, like... Uh, package breakdown. They were reviewing some replays and everything. Shannon's just like, oh my god, superstar, he's such a superstar, he won this match. And she's explaining all the mind games that are happening because she's like, look here, Hakeem uses two roundhouses and then he fakes a third roundhouse and superstar picks up on that and uses it himself. This is yeah, because the- that was the move. Super, the superstar would do, he would do a head roundhouse. Foot roundhouse, head house, and then it lulled them into a false insecurity. And then he did like he'd a, break he, the pattern. Yeah, he did a, like in the middle. Yeah, kicked them. Oh. and it, it was strategy. Fucking, it's it called strategy. Effective. Yeah, exactly. And this this dumb show for kids was smart enough to explain that. Yeah. So now we have the dragon. We have the end of every episode, the dragon belt ceremony, where the emblem is given to the victor. Oh my god! And they all have like their Dragon Ball type like gesturing here to hand over the fucking medal. <laughs> and we forgot to point out they have also their little like emblems, and when they lose, they explodes like. They're, oh yeah. yeah, there's like a paper uh, uh, form of the, their emblem around a metal ring, and it just explodes out. It's very good. It's like when the football team rushes through. Except no football. And with honor, Hakeem gives up his, his, he's no longer angry, he gives up his album, he lost fair and square. And then we have the uh, knowing is half the battle, G.I. Joe ending, because everything, when there was like a law that kids shows had to be educational, so they had to throw in uh, a little uh, lesson. So we get, this week we get the lesson from Olympus. Hi, I'm Herb Perez, Olympus. Today's show dealt with discipline, one of the eight points of the Dragon Star. Remember, do what's right, don't fight. If you want to learn the martial arts, start by learning the code of the Dragon Star, and you could become a WMAC master yourself. Words to live by, Griff. I feel like we get every message from Olympus. Words to live by. I don't know. We've only seen two episodes. That's right. Episode five. A man can dream. A man can dream. I don't know what we're dreaming about. The American Uh, dream, maybe? We're dreaming that one day we'll be uh, judged by the content of our character, not the color of our skin. Oh, that's uh, Malcolm X, right? Yeah. Shannon welcomes us again. And guess what? She explains everything again because that's what you do. Because it takes a fucking, like, 20 seconds to explain everything. First match is my favorite battle zone, the Nuclear Nightmare. 
it's, it's, it's based on Chernobyl. We uh, got people with radiation burns. The jobbers actually had radiation burns. Yeah. They were like, you're so committed to Our this. combatants are fighting in suits, like radiation suits. Yeah, it was amazing. Like, oh, they weren't wearing the mask because you got to see their face, but I didn't get that because the radiation. Well, they had the, the clear, like, goggles. Glass, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, up in this one, Panther, Master of the Wushu, and Hakeem. Sorry, Griff. He's the master of kickboxing. I did it wrong flow. again. I know. I'm sorry. This is they mix it up a little because before our men, then they had separate prelim matches where they would, you know, they were in the same place. Yeah. But in episode one, they stuck to their own space. Yeah. Cleared out the jobbers and then fought. What? What? No, what, they, what they did is they would fight and then help each other at the same time. In the first one, we did not see that. In this, okay. in this episode, we saw that they just kept throwing jobbers while they were sparring. So this is—you won't understand this. This is like playing Smash Brothers with all the items on. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. It's just anarchy. So you're helping and hurting your foe. Exactly. So I didn't get that. Suddenly, well, we did jump from one to five. That they oh, were like, I'm sure there's a lot of story we missed. Yeah, well, it sounds like there was Great Wolf's <laughs> fucking uh, uh, Tiger Claw. Tiger Claw. D- 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 uh, anyways, so I was fascinated by the fact that now all of a sudden they're fighting separately, slowly coming together, and then fighting back to back while also punching each other in the back. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah. So Panther has just been introduced to us, yeah. at least. Yeah, black guy with a a panther paw tattoo on his chest. Were you... I mean, we saw Hakeem. We saw Red Dragon. We saw... Red Dragon? That was like a Hannibal Lecter movie, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's like the first book. So did this guy like have like monster teeth he put in? He would bite people? Had to. Okay. We get to learn a lot about Red Dragon in this episode, by the yeah. way. And you will want to hear about it. <coughs> oh, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> but we saw all these superstars in the first. Uh, we saw Superstar. Superstar. That's right. Um, those guys all looked menacing. Panther does not. Panther looks weak. What are you talking about? He's fucking jacked. He's got muscles. I don't. There's something about Panther did not work for me. Because he was short. Is that what you're saying? Was he really short? I don't remember. I remember he did the move where he walked up the wall and did a backflip. Oh, he did the run up the wall backflip? Yeah. I wanted to see Luke Hang in that shit. Wait, Luke Hang? No. Luke Kung Po. Yeah, I was going to say, Luke Kang is on this show. I think yeah, Superstar is Luke Kang. Yeah, I think he is. I want to see Tung Po kicking a fucking cement uh, girder. Anyways. That's a little too adult for Saturday morning. It's true. This is tippy tap kicks, Griff. This isn't power kicks. That's right. So they're coming back to back. They got the jobbers flying in at them while they're trying to spar with each other. And Panther wasn't holding his own against the jobbers as it was. And he's not going to hold his own when he's got jobbers coming at him and Hakeem also throwing in kicks here and there. So, so he loses. Yeah. And because we said they're pushing Hakeem. He's the, he's the champ they want. Backstage in the dojo, Red Dragon is blown away by Hakeem. And he wonders, like, how many Mermels does he need to go? Because he's, he's racking them up. Right. Just and two more. There, there's... Was it the lightning woman or something? Lightning lady. Christine. Who had a total helmet hair. Yeah. She had the worst hair. That was but you had to appreciate 
I think it was a little too fucking. She had the, yeah, she had the sides of her like not even the sides. She just had the the sideburn area, like the front part of the sides shaved, not bald, but stubble with. Yeah. And then his helmet hair. It was like the it worst. Was, it was awful. It was all just floating. He was, up she was there. wearing Red Brown's helmet from Space Mutant. <laughs> it was rough. It was very yeah. rough. Uh, he just needs two more, and he gets to fight the champ, the new champ, Olympus. New champ to us because we skipped four no. episodes ahead. So that's how they get kids hooked. Within four episodes, we saw a new champ, Olympus. Mm, at crowned. least, yeah. So, what are your impressions of Olympus? We barely got to see. He him. just gives us life lessons. All I know about, it. and right. I know that he won in the Olympics in 1992. That's why he's called Olympus. Okay. So now we the oh, next these two guys I didn't like them warlock who's wearing pajamas well, he's wearing or a wizard outfit because he's <laughs> it's like a, it's like a ninja like gi with stars and a giant crescent moon on his chest it looked like it was like a wizard mumu dress outfit that he had somebody put some elastic around the waist so it looked more tough I guess it was it was wussy he's the master of kung fu. His, okay. his opponent is Tiger Claw, who's got the fucking Tiger Prince Zubaz on. You know who this reminds me of? Moxley. Moxley. Bald, gross looking. Balding. Balding. He was wearing Zubaz. Uh, he came in through the crowd for some reason. I didn't like this guy at all. Okay. Well, they're going to fight in the Ghost Town battle zone. Come on. This is a good battle zone. Did you did you really think about your your own fight pits after you watched the show? I don't know. It's too I gimmicky think, for I, you. Yeah, it's too gimmicky. It's too confusing to have all these different battles. I think you need to pick pick a zone and stick with it. So you like the idea of a battle zone, but not too. Many. I mean, look, like I told you, I like when I'm starting. I like the the, the lion uh, heart. Uh, yeah. thing where we go to different. So I'm Parking not, I'm not shitting on it, but I'm saying when I reach the, the top of the mountain, no, I'm gonna have because it's gonna be perfect. My, the, I, the battle zone in my head grip is perfection. I can't go outside of that. Are you gonna do a thing where you start with all the gimmicky kind of scenarios, backgrounds, and everything, and as you work your way up, you keep managerial position over these, but you're no longer keeping a close eye, and you're just doing the straight franchises amount. Not exactly franchise, but yeah, kind farming of. it out. You're kind of farming it out, like I don't like know. you're gonna go. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna be so busy with my battle zone. I okay, mean, that makes sense. So, anyways, we're in the we're in the ghost town, scariest town of all. Right. And now we've got, of course, we learned the from the we learned the backstory from episode four how Great Wolf stabbed Tiger Claw in the back. Right, and they're everybody's amazed. They're like, "How could Tiger Claw be back?" Yeah, already? there's controversy. People right. are outraged. Right, the Twitterverse is going crazy. Like, how dare he doesn't deserve to fight in the in the tournament? Still, he got he beat. He got beat by Great Wolf. He got knocked out by his own move. Right, how can he be back? So this is. Interesting, because you think the formula is going to be one of these guys is clearly better than the other. They're going to meet, and the one guy's going to win. That's not what we see here. They're both struggling against the jobbers. And then, just like in the first match, we're kind of going back-to-back. And we're seeing the two fighting off jobbers, trying to fight each other. Tiger Claw looks like he has the edge over um, who's uh, wizard Warlock. Wizard. Uh, Warlock. And he's coming. No fireballs down. were thrown. No. What's that? No fireballs were thrown. No fireballs fire. were thrown. You're right. If something was thrown in someone's eyes. That's right. 
He's coming down. Uh, Tiger Claw is coming down for a punch on fucking Warlock's blind side, and he's like killed over and everything. And suddenly, some fucking they call it dirt in one scene. <laughs> call it sawdust, dirt, and mulch. <laughs> mulch. Make up your mind, Shannon. Make up. It your literally mind. was a foreign object. Yeah, nobody knew what it was. And it goes straight into Tiger Claw's eyes, and Tiger Claw gets the defeat. Warlock gets the win. And Shannon very condescendingly says, oh, poor uh, Red Tiger Claw, whatever the fuck. Knocked out last week by his best friend, Great Wolf, and blinded this week. And accidentally has sawdust thrown in his eyes this week. Now we need a little uh, character-driven section of the show. Yeah. Learn a little about Tsunami. Tsunami's a swooning as he's watching in the dojo, the TV of Shannon talking. You think she could be... You're, uh, what did he say? Well, he's he's just enamored, and I don't remember who was sitting on the couch behind him because there's one of the women, maybe Baby Doll. I think it was Lady Lightning. Lady, I, I don't remember think a it was helmet. Lady I remember a helmet. <laughs> oh, okay, let's go with Lady Lightning. So Lady Lightning's there, and one of the other uh, guys, and Panther, I think. Yeah, I think Panther walked in in a minute here. Okay. And so they're listening to Shannon. Tsunami is just swooning, and he's like, I am in love. Do you know she's Brandon Lee's sister? Did you know she's Bruce Lee's daughter? And we're like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. That's probably why you're in love with her. And then Panther's like, well, you know, a little bird told me there's some secrets behind that lovely woman. Really? Tell me! So we actually cut to, and we see Panther doing some flip training and everything. And Tsunami's right there with a water bottle and towel. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Well, you Um, didn't hear it from me. But the rumor is she's going to enter the tournament. And then all the helmeted ladies get fucking outraged. Right? They're all like, wait, we're going to have to face Brandon Lee's sister. They don't know who Bruce Lee is, but they know Brandon Lee, right? And they know his sister, and we know she knows that Brandon Lee has seen the biggest dick he's ever seen. Right, exactly. And so Panther's like, you know, I'll go ask her if it's okay. Well, Tsunami hands him a note that says, "Do you like me? Check yes or check no." Right. And he's like, "Okay, I'll I'll give this to Shannon." And then Red Dragon just crumbles ah. it up, throws it in the yeah. trash. <laughs> Red Dragon's in the corner, just like. Eh, you don't know anything about love. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Mister, you know something about love? Then... I think I do. <laughs> and, oh, my God, this fucking footage. It's Hakeem and Red Dragon, because they're bros. They're right. BFFs. Right. And they're going to visit NASA studio in Florida or whatever the Cape fuck. Cape Canaveral, I Cape think. Cape Canaveral, Cocoa yeah. Beach in uh, I Dream of Genie. Right. And yeah, they're they're having the tour, and Red Dragon notices this lovely lady, the tour guide, a little lady named Nicole, and he's like, Ooh. "I'm warm for her form." And and Akeem's like, "Hey," he reminds him, "Hey, you gonna be okay for that? My my nephews and nieces and nephews are coming to town. We're having that barbecue. You're gonna be there because they love you more than me. It's bullshit that they love you more than me. Yeah, but they do. Actually, says that it sucks. They love you more than me, but they need Red Dragon there. Of course, I'll be there." And they're as he's staring at Nicole and licking his lips, like, yeah, 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 I'll be there. Yeah. So he's like, okay, I've already, they've, he's known about her for one minute, but he's already stalked out her whole life. Right. She goes running every day on the beach at 1 p.m. Let's get there at 10 a.m., scope out some talent, (laughs) get a little bit of a tan going, and then we'll have a quick nap. 
I'll wake up and I'll hit on Nicole. And so we go to the beach. And they're waiting. They're lurking. And we see Nicole, very high cut on the sides, uh, one piece bathing suit. It's a very Baywatch scene. Yeah, and she's running. Well, Did you notice how yeah. odd she was running? It, it was, was so weird. And and she she's like she looks like she's got to get shit. She's holding it in. It's like clenching her butt cheeks. You you know you're right because her elbows are really tight to her body and her hips are not fully engaged. So you can tell that's that's I am using every bit of my core to hold in a very gnarly poop. Right. <laughs> just go in the fucking ocean. <laughs> just just so. pull it to the side and let it go. <laughs> that's salt water too. <laughs> So that's very cleansing. Red Dragon. That's my chance. <laughs> runs up on her, and now all of a sudden she's in like a fucking. She's gonna let out the brown dragon. <laughs> God, she's in a lover's lane, like sexy uh, spaceship <laughs> spacesuit. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? What is going on? He grabs her by the helmet and starts smooching that face mask and. Everything. And they were like, he's going to rape this woman. What's whoa, the kid whoa, whoa, show? Whoa, whoa. She's into it. She's into it. I don't know. She just met him. She this is him. the reverse fucking uh, uh, Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> the woman's in the disguise this time. And then all of a sudden, hey, wake up. And it's Akeem. Wake. This is a dream. He's not going to rape her. Akeem the dream Olajuwon. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, "Hey, isn't that lady you're stalking?" Now we're in the reality, and yeah. she's you know she's not wearing a, a sexy spacesuit. She's wearing yeah. her her fucking Baywatch outfit. So he runs over and he puts on the fucking he he, he knows how to talk to women. Hey, I know you don't know me, but I want to date you. <laughs> we're not making that up. Exactly what he says. Yeah. You don't know me from anybody. You want to go on a date? Sorry, I'm going into orbit. I'm going into orbit. And not only is she a fucking NASA tour guide, she's also an astronaut. Apparently. And so she runs right past the camera shot, and then she runs backwards back into the camera shot. Awkwardly. Goes, hey, are you the Red Dragon? And then we just cut to them dating. Yeah, and his name is like Tony Casamasa. It was some weird it fucking was, Yeah, name. yeah. It was weird. Are you Tony Casamasa, the Red Dragon? Yeah. That actually translates to a lot of corn. Are you Tony a lot of corn? Oh. Casa Masa. So they, we get a little montage of them just going all over NASA, watching shit happen. They do they put them in the thing that makes them vomit, the centrifuge yeah, the or vomitron. whatever. Vomitron. And she's like, you know what? We're going to be launching tomorrow. Uh, you ever heard of the, the, the space shuttle Challenger? It's launching tomorrow. I'm sure nothing will happen. Murray. I'm sure nothing will happen. Why are you bringing this up again? And he's just like, yeah, that'd be cool. But, oh, I got to fucking those asshole kids of Akeem's. Yeah. Uh, he actually does a thing where he's staring blankly yeah. into her face and he gets the little comic cartoon. We're yeah, we're supposed it's supposed to be angel and devil. They're both dressed like devils. They're both in red geese. It should be a white gee and a red gee. Correct. Fucked it up. We'll let it go. It's a kid show. That's right. And yeah, he's like, they're like, hey, fuck Hakeem. What's he ever done for you, man? That's some prime NASA pussy over there. That's space puss. Think and, of the shrimp. And he's just like, space shrimping. <laughs> and the other one's like, no, you got to think, what about the kids? Got to get through to the kids. kids. And we're, we're like, what's he going to pick? And then next scene, we see a rocket taking off. Like, oh, my God. He. 
Hoes before bros, man. Pussy wins overall. He's in the fog. Well, they have a close-up of them watching a rocket right. lifting off. So you're like, fuck this guy. Bros before hoes. Come on. And There's then, no way that space that space fliff is worth it. Space slut. Space slut. This is a space mutiny. This is a space Checked mutiny. Checked it out Wednesday. <laughs> and so and then we pull out, and they're watching it on TV. They're at Akeem's condo or whatever. With all the kids swimming in the pool. Hakeem <laughs> flips a burger into the pool and flicks it out with a spatula. <laughs> makes Red Dragon eat it. And then he throws a baby Ruth in there. He does a fucking daddy shack. <laughs> Everybody leaves. And so then he explains... So I was feeling uncomfortable about going and bailing on my friend. And I explained it to Nicole, and she was very understanding. And she suggested that we watch the rocket launch on TV at the barbecue. So everybody wins. Everybody. Weren't we supposed to be fighting? (laughs) Yes. Oh. Can we get back to fighting? Get, well, not only that, we're getting a recap of, I'm assuming it was a previous episode, where we see some ladies fighting, and we see a new ladies champion, Lady Lightning with her helmet hair. Yeah. Beats the tarantula to become the woman's dragon star champion. Now, do you think that they short sell the, the fucking women, and they only give them like one second clips, or do you think they actually, in those uh, two, three, and four episodes... Do you think they actually have women? No, they totally short sell because they know the audience is little boys. Little boys don't want to give a shit about women. Doing I don't anything. know what I would have thought. I'm sorry, I didn't. Rem- I don't remember seeing any of these women. I remember mm-hmm. Hakeem. By the way, what is it with the idea of black cyborg uh, fighters? Because Teen Titans did that too. Yeah, and that's the only example I have. <laughs> so What's the deal with? There's that? so many. <laughs> Two of them. What's the deal? We'll never know. Racism. Or, uh, okay. I don't know. But now we're at the final fight, Hakeem versus Warlock in the Battle Zone. Oh, we remember the Battle Zone. It's amazing how we only picked two episodes, both have Hakeem in the, the yeah, final fight. It's like we're pushing Hakeem ourselves. And Hakeem just totally dominates Warlock. He's slapping him around. Right. Again, he's got that fucking reach, but Hakeem actually suffers the first point. He right. loses. Right it. off the bat. Because he, he is handling the warlock. Warlock is five five. Hakeem is six four. So he just pushes him over, comes in lurching at him, and uh, the warlock just throws a kick into his gut and it kicks him back. Goes right into the cage, gets bazapped. But in some AW style booking, the council says this isn't crazy enough, chaotic enough. Throw ninjas into the battle zone. Right, and they so- all come in with their hands in their pockets. It was such fucking terrible booking. And the ninjas, as Shannon points out, we want you to know the ninjas are wearing special ninja geese that will not disrupt the battle zone like the points. Yes, exactly. They cannot be shocked. They cannot add to the counter. So it's a mess. It's a free-for-all. It is a free-for-all. Warlock has a 2-0 lead at this time. Right. But after those ninjas come out, Hakeem throws two quick points off of them. Right. And they do a good job of showing you the scoreboard only when you need the tension. So we're ticking under. It's only a two-minute match, but we're ticking under 45 seconds now. And you're like, wait, Hakeem can't catch up with all these jobbers flying into the arena here. But Murray, he does. Yeah, I think every fight probably ends with the last second point. I'm pretty sure it does. So Hakeem finally wins. 
Panther comes back. He's hey, I talked to Shan. He's got a little tiny boombox. And he's like, here's her message for you. She's a great singer. You're going to love the rap version of Kung Fu Fighting. <laughs> it's, the, it's so white, you got to hear it for yourself, people. And on this record, a song I think you guys are going to all love. Shannon's the most talented of the Lee family. Beautiful voice. I will give them credit how they blended this into like the the, the dragon ceremony thing at the end here was perfection. It was right. really good. So, of course, as we mentioned in the first episode, Warlock now has to do his Dragon Ball Z gesturing and hand over his emblem to Hakeem the Dream. And he does it with a... Um... Gratitude. I don't know what the word is. Sure, gratitude works. And now we get our final uh, lesson from Olympus, which we'll play for you right now. Respect, loyalty, wisdom, honor, compassion, forgiveness, courage, discipline. Those are the eight points of the Dragon Star. Learn them. You can make the world around you a better place if you live your life by the code of the Dragon Star. And then, as Tsunami would say... Nothing is impossible. And then we need the resolution. What's going to happen between Shannon and Tsunami? Right. So we see Shannon. She's like, Tsunami's like watching her on TV. She's finishing up the episode. Right. And she sends a, she's like, I have a special message for a little, little someone. Anything is possible. Wink. Mm. And he just melts. Oh, my God. And then that's the end of the show. All right. That's Warmack. Warmack. WMAC champions. Murray, do you think we'll want to revisit this for some more tips? Uh, well, let's check the numbers first. Check the numbers? Yeah. You're not how... intrigued enough by Great Wolf's Betrayal? <laughs> I might have to go back for Great Wolf's Betrayal. I'm kind of interested in some of these. These storylines are more interesting than anything in AEW right now. Yeah. That's depressing. This is a show written for kids. Well, yeah, and this and AEW is a show made by kids. It's a show made by a coke fiend who wants to appeal to I don't know who, but that audience is terrifying. To it's me. made for adult kids. It's made for adult bearded kids. So there you have it. The final tippy tap for Griffmas in July. Sorry, y'all. That's all you get from the mind of Griff. Until next July, I guess. I, we'll see. I don't know if I'm up for another Griff. You, yeah, you're learning. You how took th- years off. I already oh, have great temples. I know. I'm the gray is spreading from you're, that. You're month. learning. That was too much. How, yeah, how tough this job is. It's right, not, anybody can do it. It's a good thing, as you'll find out on Wednesday's episode. We're doing an episode that might bring me a little bit of relief. 
Yeah. <laughs> God, I can't. I don't know what to feel about that movie. Find out in Space Mutant. <laughs> yeah. That's how you tease them. And until then, keep it warm.